I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, April 24, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Just in case there's anybody here that didn't see this from yesterday, the 297 on the left side of your screen is where I think the market can actually get to if we get a continued melt up higher. We'll get to that later. Let's go to where we are and what happened today and what I think is going on here. We're going to look at a variety of different charts and we're going to also look at and notice, put some cards on the table about some divergences that are developing or that at least developed today. So I think it's interesting. I think the market is beginning to culminate, but I also think there are some interesting possibilities out here. We had a host of earnings after the closing bell, so they may impact the market tomorrow we'll see we'll take a look at a handful of them there was a lot we're only going to look at the market leaders and then i'll also make some commentary about what i think was interesting and important information the very few times that i do watch cnbc i did find something i find apropos to where we are in the market so we'll get to that in a few moments Before we get knee-deep in stuff, let me first pause and thank everybody for participating and making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. You know how I love the interaction and especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, hit the thumbs up button if it's worthy and only if it's worthy and go ahead and share the video with anybody you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. Just taking it from the weekly chart perspective, making sure we all understand where we are, the market is trying to break out to new highs. Will it do it tomorrow? Will it do it next Wednesday? We don't know if it will do it or if it won't do it, but it looks like it wants to do it. Everybody's expecting it to do it. Maybe it won't do it. Maybe it'll be a fake out. Maybe the trick trap fool and frustrate crew will show up. What we do know is, we're going to be able to identify two things. We're going to be able to identify a sign and a signal of a trend change, and these are things that are discussed and learned in detail in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. The other thing we're going to be able to do is we'll be able to identify when this uptrend is over and when the trend turns back down. And the objective here is not necessarily to nail a top, but the objective is to be in the market after it's topped out where the market provides us something to trade against so that if we find out we're wrong and the market continues going higher, we know where we're wrong and it will be small and fast. That's the objective. Until and unless that takes place, we're letting the market continue to grind its way higher. Now, While I have this chart up, I want to discuss one of the things that I did see on television today. So infrequently, I do turn on the TV and I do catch some stuff from time to time. One of the reasons I turned it on today was because of earnings season. I like to see what they say about the earnings and I love it when a company will report earnings, the stock makes a move in a certain direction. They hop on board in terms of the commentary 
And then the stock turns around and they have that deer in the headlights look and then they start making up a reason why the stock turned around. So I use that mainly for entertainment purposes, but nonetheless, there are times when I'm watching so I do pick up other things. So here's the other thing I picked up. So they have an analyst on and he's talking about the S&P 500. He's discussing the last couple of years of activity in the S&P and he starts discussing a triple top. Now, I didn't hear everything because I saw it and then I turned it on and I was too lazy to rewind it. I really didn't care because here's the point. All I had to see was what he was drawing. I really didn't care what he said. I cared what he was showing the viewers and what he showed the viewers was this. Is the third time a charm, are we going to break out of the triple top? That's what he did. But that's not really how it works. In fact, it's not how it works at all. This is not a triple top. That's not how you draw trend lines. And here's the point. It's how people watching think that that individual knows something more than they know. So they're paying attention, they take in the information, and now it's stuck in the back of their mind. Whether that's important or not in this case, my point is it happens all the time with a lot of different things. They say a lot of things, they show a lot of things, and a lot of things are incorrect. If I was going to draw a trend line, it would be like this, okay? And if I was drawing it from point A to point B, trying to find where point C resistance may be, in this case current market being point C, it would be in the stratosphere because you see how the trend line goes. It's not a triple top. We've already been past the first top. This was a top. We already went past double top. That's no longer a top. Now we have another top right here. This is the one we're contending with now. So what that person was drawing may or may not have an impact on anybody's view of the current market condition one way or the other. The point I want to emphasize is whether I intend to or not, I can make an unassuming person believe almost anything on a chart if I create and build a good enough story. The moral of the story, don't believe everything you see, don't believe everything you hear, don't believe everything that's on the internet. Let's talk short term for a second. I don't think today was an extremely good close that would lead to a significant amount of upside tomorrow. Now, here's the caveat. There's also a lot of companies reporting earnings in the morning, so anything can happen and the market can obviously swing in either direction when the volume is and if it remains as light as it's been over the entire month and really the entire year since the bottom was made in December of 2018. Now, a lot of traders like to say, well, because the market's going up on light volume, it's going to go back down. Well, it may go back down, but it's not because we've been going up on light volume. So you don't have to marry the two together. We know what heavy volume means. That means we have institutional participation. So if we see heavy volume on the downside, we know that there's institutions pushing the market down. If we see heavy volume on the upside, there may be a new leg of a bull market beginning because that would also indicate institutional participation. In light volume, it's easy to push the market around in either direction, so you just have to take that for what it is. But I'm also taking the last 10-minute candle of the day for what it is, and it was a negative close. 
So we have to keep that in mind as we move along to other time frames and then we'll be able to put the pieces of the puzzle all on the table and the picture will begin to get assembled. We're looking at now an hourly chart and is there anything wrong with the picture when you look at it from an hourly chart perspective? Well, not really. You see we're above the moving averages and all we're really doing is continuing to go sideways Maybe we'll meet up with home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. Maybe we won't, but we'll have to see what happens when we get there. But we have something else. Not that this is a safety net, but it's interesting. Look, the market thought that that price at some point was important, right? So let's just assume for a second it's still important, just for the purposes of this conversation. Well, if I draw that line over, it happens to coincide with just beneath the 20 period moving average on the hourly chart. So here's the point. Can the market still come down to that general area, still maintain, even on the hourly chart, a very bullish stance, have worked off some of an overbought condition, turn around and resume the uptrend? And the answer is, it can. Somewhere in that ballpark, 291.45, 291.50, 291.25, 35, somewhere in that neighborhood, if the market comes down to test that area, this is the way you look at it. If it hangs around down there, that's not good. If it only visits there for a short period of time, that's bullish. We'll see what happens in the morning. What kind of picture do we get when we look at the 120-minute chart? It's the same as the hourly, it just looks slightly different. It's different visually, it gives us the long view. Not the long view in terms of the daily chart, but something longer than the hourly view. We're hanging around, just going sideways, eating time off the clock. That's it. You see where the 20 period moving average is on the 120 minute chart? It's even below the area we just identified from the hourly chart. So you can see where it's likely that even if the market did come down in the morning, for example, Thursday morning, there would generally be, unless it was a hard sell, unless there was a black swan that came out of nowhere opening a trap door to the downside, if it was just a garden variety type of pullback, there would likely be a fair amount of support down around that 291 to 291.50 area. Now, I'm eyeballing this the day before. I'm talking about this from a common sense perspective. I don't know what the market's going to look like in the morning, but what I do know is the market's normal the majority of the time. It's like the 80-20 rule, like anything else in life. 80% of the time, something occurs, and 20% of the time, you have the outlier. Now, here's the one you're not really going to see many other places. Here's a 240-minute chart. Now, when you look at the spider on a 240-minute chart, it looks like a bull flag pattern in development, just going back and forth, but really in the upper portion of the flag itself. So if I move this over, we're going to identify this candle here as the breakup candle. And here's the problem with the flag patterns. It's the risk reward, high risk, high reward. The reward is the flag pattern works out and you get another big run to the upside. The risk is the market can come back down to retest the lower portion of the breakup candle and technically still be a bullish pattern that's active on the chart. So when you take the long view, and long being 240 minutes in this case, 
you can say that we can go on like this for a few more days, meet up with home base or the 20-period moving average somewhere around the low of the breakup candle, and then once again take off to the upside. That is a possibility. Back to the daily chart, same candle. The low happens to be 290.42. After all that discussion, that's your bogey on the downside. Hourly and then daily closes below that. And that will certainly be the first solid piece of information that the upside may be over. We'll assess it if and when that takes place. But this is me viewing the market as it is today, letting you in the very dangerous place you know exists inside my head and just doing the data dump, telling you how I see things. Let's have some fun for a few minutes and take a look at some of the stocks that reported earnings after the closing bell. So we have Microsoft. That's important because that's a component of the indices. That's not going to hurt. That can only help the major market. If Microsoft stays up through the morning and through the opening bell, it's already up almost 3%. That's a positive across the board. How about Facebook? Up 10 bucks. Is that going to hurt or help the NASDAQ? Obviously, that's going to help the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ's been on a tear. Facebook's on a tear right now, up 5% after hours. Remember this from yesterday? Where's Facebook going? Well, somewhere in here, 200 maybe. We'll see tomorrow. We'll see through next week. We'll see wherever and whenever this market decides to top out, Facebook will also roll over. Right now, it's melting up. That is some melt-up, up 10 bucks on Facebook after hours. Now, here's the other side of the coin. Here's a chart of Visa. Or if you work at the post of Visa down at the New York Stock Exchange, it's Visa. Now, this one's not going to help the market tomorrow. It's going to hurt the market. Not that much, but it's still down, and it's a big stock. Here's another one that reported CMG, but it's not really doing anything. It whipped around some. It was up and it was down. Right now, it's trading for the most part on the flat line, so it doesn't really matter. And it's not really a market-moving stock. I just know they reported after hours, and I know it's been on some incredible rally lately. So you can see CMG here. This is widely held by a lot of mutual funds, a lot of hedge funds. So there was a huge, huge run. Look where it was from the December lows. 383.20 on low, and that was December 24 with the low. And here we are, over $700 a share in exactly four months. And by the way, we should also recognize the same thing goes for the S&P 500. In four months, it is a tremendous, tremendous rally. And by the way, significantly more than anybody I know was expecting, certainly yours truly, I could have never anticipated this far, this fast. I don't know anybody that could have. You develop new forecasts along the way, but this was some tremendous rally off the low. Anything doing in Camp IWM today? Not really. It tried to rally and was somewhat rejected, but at the end of the day, we really didn't go anywhere. And you can see what's going on here. Look where the moving averages are. They're all converging. 200, the 20, the 50 period moving average, minus the 100 down below. Those three moving averages converging below price. It's interesting. It gives us a couple of pieces of information. 
A, above the moving averages, the trend is up, at least from a short-term perspective. We talked about a longer-term perspective yesterday. We'll keep this one to the short-term perspective. But the way this chart sets up, it gives us a very, very easy failure point. So here it is. So you have this breakup candle here, and the low is 155.36. And you have the moving averages right around that same area. So if we had a failure and you found the IWM closing daily below and even hourly below that area, then something has changed. Likely the character of the market has changed and the trend will be changing. So you can put that one on a sticky note or in your Filofax. And if you don't know what that is, you're younger than me. How about the VIX? Are we getting a sneak attack from the VIX? All of a sudden we're up at the 20 period moving average. We spiked down below 12 the other day. All of a sudden, we're at 13. Is something going on? Is the VIX trying to indicate something else going on other than higher prices in the stock market? Remember, I'm the umpire calling balls and strikes. We're looking at all the tools possible, at least the ones I think are most important. We put everything on the table together and the puzzle begins to assemble where we can then see a clear picture. Right now, this is interesting. You close above 14, above this 50-period moving average, and something else is going on in the VIX, meaning more upside likely, meaning the opposite case for the stock market. This is also where you have to be on guard for the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Market can go down for a couple of days, turn right back around, go back in the other direction. We've just seen it in the S&P 500. So we're paying attention. The VIX is on the table. Is there anything we can do with the Qs? No, there's nothing really we can do with the Qs. On one hand, Facebook is going to help drag up the Qs tomorrow. And if there's downward pressure on the market, the Qs may be down. It may cancel each other out. This is one of the important things that I do discuss quite a bit about the Qs. It's top-heavy. About 50 or 60% of the weighting of the Qs is made up of a small bucket of stocks. Doesn't mean I don't have love for the tech sector. I just don't like the makeup of the Qs. But if I think the market's rising and I want to participate in the tech sector, I'm holding the Qs. Just want to make sure that we're separating one thing from the other. Now, here's one of those divergences today down at the transportation department. The transports were up almost 1% today, 95, about 96 points. They're working their way higher. Again, just the umpire calling balls and strikes. Another stop on the train is down at the financial district. And we didn't have the same effect there that we did at the transportation department. However, down 11 cents, not a big deal. All in all, there's no change from the current state of the XLF or the financial district. They may banter back and forth some more, but there's nothing negative right here, right now on the XLF chart. How about the SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index? Again, continuing to power forward overextended yes overbought yes can it continue to go higher yes it doesn't really matter that a market is quote-unquote overbought overbought by whose definition so when i say overbought or oversold what i'm referring to is it's just already gone too far too fast and there's no chance that you can actually 
buy something up in an area like this and have a reasonable expectation that it's going to continue higher. So overextended, overbought, all those terms are somewhat subjective. I use home base as the gauge, and the farther away we get from home base, the less likely we are to continue higher, but that doesn't mean we can't. We are in the midst of or on the verge of a potential melt-up in the market, so everything will get melted up at the same time. If it doesn't happen and we turn around and the market puts in a reversal, everything will reverse around the same time. That's the type of market environment that we're in right now. That's what we're on the lookout for on both sides of the coin. On the bull side, we're on the lookout for the melt-up, which is a very, very active possibility, right? And then the other thing on the lookout for is from anywhere, at any time, this market can pull the rug out, open the trap door, and begin going south. There is no ideal way or ideal thing we're looking for to tell us the market is turning. The market will tell us, but we don't know exactly what language or how it's going to present the information to us. All the different ways are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. What my job is to put everything together and let you know when the market's turning. That's my objective. And with that being said, I'm going to wrap it here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.